to Media Boat Podcast. Arr, mateys. Uh, welcome aboard. And other sea puns, I think we exhausted in the first episode. Uh, hi, this is Media Boat Podcast, as you said. My name is Matt. I'm Mike. Yeah, you're Mike. I I, do I name. usually introduce you? I don't know, but I, I, for you a split second, there. I forgot my name. I was going <laughs> to say Mark. I was going to say, this is Mark. Forgot your own name. <laughs> Yes, I split second I forgot my name because Mark's here with us too. <laughs> yes, hello. He's so in the background. Was, I was gonna say Mark and then <laughs> See we yeah, it is very confusing. We all have four letter names that start with an M. And so yes, the people around us often get them mixed up. But yourself, that's a new Myself. level. That this is a new level. It's yeah. a new level of Actually, crazy. I've, I've done this quite a bit before. But Just forget your own name. Yeah. It's like writing down on, on your resume, and you're just like, question mark, question mark, question mark, nada. Just t- TBD. <laughs> TBD. TBD, nada. Yep. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, yes, we're the Media Boat. If you have not listened to us before, we talk about media. All sorts of media that includes movies, television, music, video games, other things that come to our mind. Sometimes stuff that we just like to talk about. I don't know. Anything that interests us. <laughs> I don't know. Um... We always start off with movies. Yes. And these last couple of weeks, we started off with Star Wars, the big juggernaut in the movie theater. All right, what's new about Star Wars this week? All right, news about Star Wars. Uh, it's still growing. It's at 1.8 right now, sitting comfortably at number three in the box office. $1.8 billion. Billions, yes. Uh, and that's internationally. Yes. So uh, so what's our, our, our little game is we just, we show how – what the, the – uh, Difference is between Titanic and Avatar because that's we're curious. We uh, almost had Star a sneeze Wars and there. Avatar. We almost had a sneeze between there. Between Star Wars and Avatar. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, yes. So how is it? Af- uh, how behind is? I can't talk right now. Wow. Need to warm up. Yes. Welcome to my world. Ah, uh, this is just you caught me un- unaware. We're recording earlier today on Wednesday, so I'm a little out of shape here. All right. What are we? What's the difference between Avatar? I mean, yeah. How long does it have to take? How much more money? Currently, after 33 days, Star Wars is at $861 million domestically. Okay. Avatar was only at $509 million domestically. That's not what I asked. I know. <laughs> because, but cool. Yes. And I told you, by the way, that that's what would happen. Here we go. Worldwide, I found it. Okay. Worldwide, at this point... It is at one, well, one point eight. Right. It still needs one billion dollars. A whole nother billion. Well, nine hundred million. Okay. Sp- specifically. So it has to. It still has a lot to go. Yes. That's frustrating. It seems to be teetering out. Teetering out. Teeter- I think is the term. No teetering. Teetering. Yeah. So it's swaying back and forth on the edge of something. Yep. Okay, got it. Those movies do. Yeah, it's it's kind of slowing down. I mean, it, it lost this weekend to Ride Along Two. Really? I was gonna say I heard that Ride Along Two came in number one at the box. Yeah. So not only saying... that, but The Revenant also beat it. Star Wars wow. dropped from number one for four or five weeks straight. Wow. To number three. I'm actually kind of shocked. Just to show you that if movies actually do start coming out, people are going to see other things than Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that makes some sense. Well, it did cross the $1 billion mark internationally, so that sure. happened. Sure. 
But yes, but other Star Wars other Star Wars news. Actual, this one's not so happy. Right? Actual Star Wars news yes. came out. Um, the release for Star Wars Episode Eight, which does not have a subtitle yet, right? It's Episode Eight. We, but it doesn't have a subtitle yet. Yes. Okay, I'm making sure. It's called the next one. The next one. No, uh, what you're thinking of is this year's uh, one, uh, Rogue One. Yes, which Rogue is One is a spin-off, which is coming um, out in December. Yes. However, what was supposed to be Star Wars Episode Eight coming out in May, on the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars, will now be pushed back to December 15th of 2017. All right, so two questions here. Answers. One, what do you think was the reason for the delay? The success of Star Wars. <laughs> Actually... More specifically, the success of the toy business of Star Wars. Oh, you think it's a marketing-led decision? Of course it is a marketing-led. To let led. those toy lines breathe a little. Boys, uh -huh. girls, yeah. adults, uh -huh. the elderly, the young young <laughs> younglings. So everybody. Everybody, everybody. Got some, everybody got some sort of Star Wars gift this year. And most of them probably wore a BB-8. Yes. Well, sure. But okay, the majority <laughs> of sales went to Star Wars right. because of the box office. Right. And then, on the flip side, because of merchandising and marketing. All right. It is a great ploy by Disney to put it out in December because that's the holiday season where everyone's buying crap. Sure. Even though this is like collectible stuff to some people. This <laughs> is some people. Yes, they're, they're not playing with their toys properly. So, my second question is, do you think... Episode 8 will do better as a Christmas release than it would have as a summer release. Interesting, because as of right now, it is currently going up against uh, Ready Player One, the Steven Spielberg oh, movie. Right. And Avatar 2. Yes. However, and the reason it was moved was not only for the toys, but because um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 comes out, would have come out three weeks prior to its original mm. release okay. date. That's very interesting to me, that they're dodging Guardians of the Galaxy, but then putting right themselves right in Avatar's line. I think that Disney is big. That Disney and Star Wars are big enough that they will push Avatar out of the way. So they'll, make, they'll force Avatar to make a move? Not only think? will they force Avatar to make a move, but Avatar will come out and say, we need to push this back for post-production reasons, because... Yeah. One, they've yet to start filming. Two, when they do start filming, they will film three movies back to back to back. Oh, right. And for the first movie, when they were done filming after one month, 30 days, they need another two years of post-production specifically Ugh. to finish that movie. So it won't make it regardless of Star Wars, is yes, what you're saying? Yes, is what I'm saying. Well, uh, that's fun. Fun to be Disney then. Uh, so they're not really, so this is not really necessarily a strategic move. They're just trying to basically call Avatar's bluff. Call Avatar's bluff and They're calling say, Avatar's bluff. you're not going to make this date anyways. We're going to scare you by putting us here, even though we know that you know you can't pull that off. Right. Yeah. Also, toys. Also, toys. All right, cool. So, in the uh, for the sake of time, let's move on. What All else right. do we got? Uh, the Academy Awards were nominated. Yeah, so the original plan I wanted to do... Uh, the only, uh, was to go through all our predictions, except I realized that last week's show was two hours long, and if we did all the predictions this week, this show would be three hours long. 
so I definitely don't want to do that. I, mean, I think we might do the Oscars uh, themselves are uh, three hours long. I think we might do a specific <laughs> podcast for the Oscars. That's probably a better idea. Yeah. But uh, well, how about this then? Let's be a little more vague. Okay. Uh, Nominations. Uh, but let's be more like vague. Like, what's your feeling about about what's the? Okay, let's start with the best picture. What do you think? We're not. We need to name all of them. But what do you think about best picture nominations? Here? Uh, there will be three big ones going up against each other: The Revenant, mm-hmm. Mad Max, mm-hmm. and Spotlight. So why do you think Mad Max is up there? Because I feel like that's the populist choice. I don't think that has a chance. Not only is it the populist choice, it is also the British choice. The Le- the London critics have not have awarded Mad Max Film of the Year. Okay. I think that is a big pull. I think you will see Mad Max yeah, garner some awards. I don't know if that's fair because the Academy Awards have the majority uh, have their majority of membership in the United States. Right. I don't think the tastes of the British are going to matter. Well, that's the, the Golden British Globes. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. That's boring, Right, that is the Golden Globes, but look and who won the Golden Globes. And yeah, they really like the Martian, uh, the Revenant. Oh, yeah. The Martian won musical comedy. If you're talking drama, which is what the Oscars cover, yes, then that's the Revenant. Yes. Yeah, so Martian right? doesn't have a snowball chance in hell. I think that yeah, I think the Martian's out. I personally think Mad Max is out. I think this is between the Big Short and uh, the Revenant. Really, the Big my, Short. I think the Big Short has has is, has some some momentum right now. Is it because it got the actor nods? I think so. That's usually a good. That's a good key, but I think it's probably the Revenant uh, that has the favorite right now. It's just it has more people talking about it than the rest of the movies on that list right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I like the Revenant just because it is the big movie. It is the Os- the Leo supposed push. Yeah. He won the Golden Globe for it. Right. They'll probably pick up some more awards, depending how it goes. So I guess one, since we're talking about it, I should probably wor- talk about it Go ahead. or finish your thought first. Okay, well, I want to see how the SAG awards determine. Yes, because, because that's the always The SAG is key. the biggest voting – the actors are the biggest voting block of the Academy. Right. So usually whoever wins SAG is usually a good mm-hmm. – Indication. Indication. Especially of whatever movie going. wins uh, uh, Best Ensemble is usually a – usually has – uh, some momentum going into best pic- best picture. Yep. Uh, as we saw with um, a couple of movies. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, Crash. Although, yeah. A couple. Other. A couple other stuff that shouldn't have won but did. Yes, including Crash. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, The Revenant. <laughs> it's in the lead. So right yeah, now. I might as well talk about The Revenant. Uh, so you saw so The Revenant. I saw The Revenant. Um, so <laughs> Alex slept through it apparently, uh, uh, except for when. Except for a couple of the major set pieces, which she could not sleep through, because I don't think anybody could sleep through a couple of the things that happen in that movie. Um, so The Revenant is a weird one. Uh, it's directed by Alejandro Inarritu, who did last year's uh, Birdman, which won Best Picture, and he won Best Director for that, too, yes. didn't he? Um, so that's why I think partially there's some momentum there. So. You know my feelings about Birdman. I don't really think it's a best picture winning movie. I think it's all right. It does some, it does some interesting things, but I think the story it's trying to tell is kind of weird and inconsistent, and I think kind of up its own butt, which I think about Inaritu as a whole. But I don't know. Inaritu has some fascinations with weird stuff, including like magic realism, and he likes doing that 
huh, look, it looks like this shot is in one take thing, which works in Birdman, but it's kind of weird here. Is it because it's outdoors or because it's not set in a theater? One, it's outdoors, and two, he only uses it, he uses it less. He uses it when he feels like it's necessary, which is in the major, like, set piece action stuff. Now, when I use action here, I'm using it in quotes because it's not a traditional action movie in the, se in the sense. It is definitely a drama. Somebody recently uh, on a podcast I listened to referred to it as a one-man torture porn <laughs> because essentially it is about Leonardo DiCaprio trying to survive through some of the more gruesome things I've seen on film. A lot of things happen to Leo in this movie. Um ranging from i don't even want to say because it's probably it's mostly spoilers because most of the things that happen in this movie so he gets fucked to up. Leo. he does several times over and over and over again and people are terrible to him for no apparent reason it's not really made really clear why uh i guess to summarize the plot here is that leo is among a group of men that are apparently pelt traders in um what appears to be like Native American land. And so it opens with them, basically, something goes bad with the trade. And so most of their 40 men are taken out uh, by a tribe. Um, and so from there on, it's basically about, and then about Leo dealing with his, the, his crew, who one specific member is not super happy with him, or not super happy with their like their their plan i guess you could say something then bad really bad happens to leo when he gets separated from the group and then the rest is basically him uh one trying to survive in the wilderness uh by himself trying to catch back up with his crew for what you ask you'll have to see the movie um uh, revenge yeah it's revenge. it's always revenge. Uh, it's always revenge um and basically the rest of the movie is seeing how he can possibly survive uh, I'd just like to point out that his character's name is Huge Glass. <laughs> Huge Glass? Yes. You mean Hugh Glassel? No, 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 Hugh Glass. Glass. Huge Glass. <laughs> Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass. Okay, Hugh Glass. Yes. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, the, <laughs> it's a really well shot movie. It's really well edited. I think it's a shoe-in for uh, editing and cinematography. However... Uh, but it has some of the same weaknesses that Birdman did. It's a little inconsistent, in, inconsistent some spots. Uh, there's a couple of scenes in there that are completely unnecessary, and uh, it's overly long. Yeah. But overall, I'd say if you uh, uh, if you're interested at all in it, if that sounds like something you'd want to see, I'd see it, especially if you're one of those people who are completionists when it comes to Best Picture nominations. You should probably see this because it seems to me like the favorite. But most of all, the number one reason probably is Leo's performance. He goes through some stuff, and if he does not win Best Actor, I will be shocked. Yeah, I was planning on seeing it uh, over the past couple of days, but yeah. days got away from me. Right. But I will eventually see that before the, the Oscars come out. Because, I mean, I think it's one thing... I think you have to ask yourself kind of, like, what is the philosophy of what best actor means? If you think it's delivery of dialogue and, like, interpretation of the story, that's not what this is. But if you think acting is basically in the absence of dialogue, 
and the absence of communicating a story, <laughs> trying to basically show emotion and real emotion of somebody going through something, then that's what this is. Yeah, yes. I, I, a lot of crawling around and grunting. I heard that there was like, <laughs> like a whole one-hour sequence where no dialogue was spoken. There's, yet things yes. happen. Large, large pieces of this movie, no one speaks. Okay, but you're still captivated. Yeah, uh, Leo does a very good job of interpreting interpreting the pain that he's in to the audience. All right, I'll, All right. I'll check it out. So moving on. Moving on. Some uh, more uh, movie news. A biopic was uh, announced. Okay. Star. Uh, covering the lives of Laurel and Hardy. Interesting, okay. So, Matt, for those of us who don't know. Laurel and Hardy were a comedy duo yes. uh, from early cinema. Did they start on vaudeville? I don't remember. I believe so. Were they a vaudeville act? Uh, regardless. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, you, uh, current generation members, might recognize the troupe as kind of um, establishing the classic comedy role of Real tall, skinny guy, and short, fat guy, which has been a staple in comedy f since Lauren Hardy, Laurel and Hardy existed. Yeah. Like, you can probably name, like, that archetype in a lot of modern cinema and other media has kind of been established. I mean, you could even say C-3PO and R2-D2 in Star Wars are basically Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're right. He's big-boned. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Alright, well, let's, anyways, let's yes, move on. Uh, so the stars of the, that movie All right, will cast? be Steve Coogan, okay, Phil sure. Mina, and Tropic Thunder, and the always funny John C. Riley. So if sure. you're wondering what John C. Riley's been up to, <laughs> okay. If you're wondering what John C. Riley's been up to, yeah. he's uh, going to play, is it Hardy? Uh, probably. Uh, yes, I believe Hardy. That makes sense. Yes. Anyways. Anyways, cool. um, okay. other movie news, uh, two new trailers got dropped this past week. Alright, so we got one for... One, one for Neighbors 2. There's a sequel to Neighbors. Oh, yes. For the love of God. Yeah, right. Yes, it's called, <laughs> it's called Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising. Oh boy, that sounds like a disaster. Actually, the first movie wasn't that bad. Okay, I, I did enjoyed not see it. it. I enjoyed the first movie. I thought it was funny. It had its moments. Sure. For a Seth Rogen film. Sure. <laughs> Ridiculous at the end, as always. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid comedy. Um, okay. Zac Efron was a solid as a comedic. As Zac Efron, Zac Efron can be. Basically, he was playing <laughs> Zac Efron in college. Sure. That makes sense. Well, if he's I back. Zac Efron, I would play Zac Efron in college. Yeah, well, he's back with... Yes, and he's teaming up with uh, Seth Rogen to take down soror this uh, sorority house. Okay. Um, being um, run, well, it's a new sorority house, being run by um, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh. She's in this movie. Wait a minute. Uh, first of all, I want to ask a question. Is Chloe Grace Moretz old enough to portray a college student now? Is I that what's so. happening? <laughs> like, that doesn't seem right to me. How old is she? I don't know. I don't keep track of this stuff. <laughs> I assume she's old enough. I just always I just always assume she's under 18 still. Yeah. Well, also in this movie <laughs> is Selena Gomez. That makes sense. That does make sense. And Rose Burns. Actually. Okay. Um, Seth Rogen. Okay. 
Lisa Kudrow. Oh, Dave Franco. Wait, Dave. Lisa Kudrow's in this yes, movie? Yes, Lisa Kudrow's that's, in this movie. That's bizarre. By the way, Matt, for your information, okay. um, Chloe Grace Moretz is age 18. She's exactly 18. She is exactly so she's 18. actually age appropriate for the movie. Unlike Zac Efron, Unlike who's probably Zac 30. Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. All right, moving on. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving on. That's it for I have for movies. Moving on. Television. Okay. What do we got? Um, oh, we didn't say uh, Suicide Squad trailer. Oh yeah, that's right. The other trailer was Suicide Squad. So uh, that we probably don't need to talk about because if you go onto our Facebook page, that's we, Media we Boat Podcast, uh, you can see the uh, Suicide Squad trailer uh, posted. But real quick, what did you think? Uh, I liked it. It used Bohemian Rhapsody. It uses Queen. Yes, yes it uses Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a really well done trailer. Cool. Um, I saw the original Comic-Con trailer that they released a while back. Uh-huh. Uh, because it was leaked, and then Warner Brothers just said, you know what? If you guys are going to do this, fuck you. Yeah, so they released right. the actual Comic-Con trailer. And that one was decent enough to get me interested. Okay. But this one's enough to get me to buy a ticket. Well, there you go. Wow. Sold, huh? Yes. Good to know. Okay, I'll have to watch it that. It looks like a fun time. Um, it comes out in August, mm-hmm. end of the summer movie season. but Probably I mean, a good spot for it. Yeah. I, I was worried that it was going to come out early. Mm-hmm. Get like, trampled. Yeah, get trampled, but coming out in August seems like a good fit for it. All right. Cool. Um, cool. Moving on. Yeah. So, television. Television. Um, more awards happened. But so, we had uh, yeah. the, the Critics', Critics Choice Awards. Choice Awards. And uh, I'm only mentioning this because some of our favorites actually won right, awards. yes. So um, also I bring this up because Spotlight, the yes. reason why I mentioned Spotlight as winning the Oscar, okay. won the Critics' Best Picture for mm, That's uh, the a good Critics point. That is a good point in Spotlight's favor. Not only did it win for Best Picture, but it also won for Best Ensemble. Okay. And Best Original Screenplay. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay, cool. And the other reason I bring up Mad Max as a possible uh, one is because George Miller won for Best Director. That's actually that's interesting because that's not a tradition. That's not who they traditionally give those awards to. Right. Our action uh, action directors rarely, if ever, win. Right. So that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, good good yeah. for them. Yeah. And also, uh, Star Wars was nominated for Best Picture. That that's better than the the academy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But other than that, uh, Leo, Leo won for best actor. Okay. Brie Larson won for the room. Best so actress. that means both of them um, came after came and won again after their Golden Globes, yes. which is interesting. Also, what's interesting is Sylvester Stallone won yes. for Creed also coming as, off his Golden Globe. Yes, coming off his Golden Globe. Hmm. Playing a role he's already played six times. So, do you think Brie Larson has a chance for the Oscar? Maybe. I mean, I like her as an actress. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if she wins. I yeah, it's really interesting to see her get some momentum. It'll be cool seeing her become potentially like the next Jennifer Lawrence or something. Right. Which could be cool. Anyways. Anyways, um, because I believe they also do TV. Yeah, I thought they did television as well. Yes. I believe they do. Oh, the I don't, I'm not seeing it though. Oh well, that's fine. Oh, oh, and also, uh, it was uh, hosted by T.J. Miller. Oh, also, according to your screen here, uh, it's Wikipedia's 15th birthday. Oh, <laughs> fun happy, fact. Happy birthday, Wikipedia. Happy birthday, Wikipedia. 
Okay. Yes. What else do we got on our television? Oh, yes. Here we go. Okay, I have some winners right here. Okay. Um, best talk show last week tonight with John Oliver. Awesome. John Oliver needs needs uh, needs the credit. Yes. I think. Sure was the last choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. Best reality host. No. 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 <laughs> um, best actor in the drama, Mr. Robot. Best supporting actor, Mr. Robot. You mean the guy who plays in Mr. Yes. Robot? So Mr. Robot was a big winner. Okay. Uh, Fargo was also a big winner. Andre Bauer of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Best supporting actor in a comedy series. I like him. Yes. Best supporting actress goes to uh, Mayim Balik of Big Bang Theory. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Blossom. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> Best documentary feature. Amy of Amy Winehouse. Interesting, okay. Best foreign language. You've, we said this last week. Son of Saul. Mm. That will be your best foreign picture winner. All right. Looking so, forward to that. <laughs> yes, keep that. Looking forward there. to not watching that. <laughs> okay, here we go. Best movie miniseries, Fargo. Sure. And best animated series, BoJack Horseman. Interesting. No way. Yes. For BoJack. Wow, okay. Okay. And also, Amy Schumer won the MVP award. Uh, what's the MVP award um, <laughs> for the Critics' Choice? Just who they like. Just you the real MVP. Yes, you the real MVP. All right, good for Annie. Yep, she won that. Also, she won a uh, Best Actress in a Comedy Role. Oh, cool. For Trainwreck. Awesome. Yep. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, and the NFL. Football happened. Football happened. So we're deep in the playoffs right now. So chances are, if you're listening to this, your favorite team is no longer in the playoffs. Except for mine. Except for Mark's, who is here. <laughs> uh, Mark's here to uh, to help us talk about. Here, I'll move, Mark. You can sit where I was supposed to sitting. So, Mark. So, Mark, um, you root for the Cardinals, and they happen to play Green Bay. What yes. happened during that game? Uh, well, let's let's just really quickly go over the fact that that was hands down the most exciting game this past weekend. Um, towards the end, uh, Green Bay did give me a little bit of a heart attack um, because, well, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers decided to finally be Aaron because Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers decided to be Aaron Rodgers. Did he, d- did he discount double check your ass? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he did. He just. Um, Let's just say he pulled the same thing he did when they played the, what was it, Detroit, Detroit Lions. Lions. Earlier this year. Yeah. And uh, with, Lions. what it was it, five seconds left on the clock, Aaron Rodgers throws a Hail Mary into the end zone, and lo and behold, who's there to catch it and bring it down and actually hold on to it? Janice. Yes. And they tie it up. Janice of Green Bay, who, by the way, was not on the roster at the beginning of the year, started as a practice player squad. And had a total of five catches all year. So are you saying he started from the bottom? Now he's here. Now he's here, <laughs> yes. So anyhow, that took us into overtime. And uh, overtime started with a little bit of controversy from the get-go anyways because the referee, when doing the coin toss, didn't actually toss the coin at oh, all. Oh, he tossed the coin. The he coin didn't did not flip. flip. It. There you go. Yeah, it just basically went straight up and straight down. <laughs> Which I have never seen before, <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> Well, anyhow, they redid the uh, the coin toss and actually made it flip. Um, Arizona came out with the ball, at which point Carson Palmer managed to evade an all-on blitz 
throw to Larry Fitzgerald, who ran 75 yards down the field within five yards of the end zone. Oh, dang. Shit, he can't score? Before getting tackled. But no. Wait, there's more. But wait, there's more? Yes. On the, what was it, third drive. Third, third, third play. Third play. Yeah. Third play, whatever you want to call it. Same thing. Yes. Third, third play. Third play. Of Carson Palmer. Gets it to Larry Fitzgerald again. Fitzgerald runs it into the end zone, and they win 26-20. to Now, this is actually important for Vegas odds as well because they had Green Bay by seven. Because they don't kick an extra point in overtime, Green Bay is actually covered by one point. Wow. So if you picked Green Bay and took their coverage of seven <laughs> points, you still made out with money. Congratulations, Congratulations to anybody that bet on Green Bay, I guess, or I guess, yeah. on, on those odds. Um, but anyhow, we are going to see a wonderful matchup this weekend because with the, the Arizona Cardinals at Carolina Panthers. Um, yes. That is going to be a very hard-fought game. And seeing as the, as the Carolina Panthers easily handled uh, Seattle Seahawks by throwing up 31 points in the first half... <laughs> But the Seahawks did did make a comeback. Well, they attempted to. They yes. got within the seven points, but not enough to win. Yes. Um, well, valiant again, effort. <laughs> valiant. Yes, but I mean, Carolina basically did come out on offense second half. They only put up eighty two yards total second half. Right. They just sat on the. They just basically sat on their lead. Yep. Um, they, they ran the ball eight o'clock and punted, which is what you're supposed to do when you have a huge lead like that. You don't risk your wide receivers getting flipped over, getting injured. You run the ball, you pound out the clock, and you basically beat them at their own game of running. Right. So we'll see. We'll see that matchup. This uh, is that one Saturday. I believe that one is Saturday. Yeah. Um, um, that is in the NFC. However, in the AFC, we have yet another classic matchup: Broncos and Patriots. More specifically, Brady versus Manning. For what will probably be the last the time. Last Brady the last Brady versus Manning. And that's going to be a very interesting game. Yes. Although, historically speaking, because the Patriots are playing in the mile-high city of Denver, they have not had very great luck when playing in Denver. I believe they've won two games out of how many is it? I want to say seven. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this home field advantage plays out for the Broncos. Um, I've already seen a lot of smack talk going on between those two teams um, in regards to uh, one of the Broncos players saying that Gronk pushes off all the time and gets away with it 98% of the time. Um, yeah, so the smack talk is getting real with that, with that rivalry. So it'll be, uh, that, that's definitely going to be one to watch. So both of these games are going to be very exciting. And I guess we're going to see who's going to end up meeting up on, uh, February 7th for that Super Bowl showdown. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, we already know who will be there. Well, one Coldplay. of the four Coldplay will be there. <laughs> <laughs> let's tackle Coldplay. How about that? Yes, let's, let's get them injured and out of the game. Yeah, there we go. Speaking of a, a little interesting tidbit of news I saw about Coldplay, um, so I guess Coldplay had actually asked to collaborate with David Bowie at some point. And David Bowie turned him and down. And David Bowie <laughs> turned them down, yeah. Good for David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Let's move Moving on. Moving on. Other stuff that happened in TV. 
If you happen to subscribe to HBO, which we or, do, or know someone who subscribes to HBO, which we do, they ran a special edition, uncut, uncensored, and for some reason in chronological order. Chronological. Chronological order. <laughs> of The Godfather. Interventions. Yes. Oh yes, of The Godfather, uh, which is not, by the way, if you have not seen The Godfather. All in chronological order, which makes this relevant. Because you're probably thinking things like, aren't most movies in chronological order? Well, this was not. So. So. So that's why they. I don't know why they did this. I don't know how they got permission to do this. Yeah. I don't even think it's relevant. They run it by uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you think? That probably is. Yeah. No, they kind of have to. I think he still owns the rights to it. Yeah. And everything think. else that he's made. You think? Well, isn't it like MGM property, though? Is that an MGM movie? I want to say he ran through everything through MGM, right? Uh, or Paramount? I don't remember what studio did that movie. Okay. don't know. Well, Rain. anyways, uh, <laughs> you can watch this uh, HBO cut, uh -huh. or HBO special, on HBO On Demand, if you happen to have it. Yes, or HBO Go, or HBO Now. Or HBO... Proper. Proper. <laughs> yes. Or if you have Roku or Xbox or PlayStation or any other forms of streaming <laughs> Name every single streaming yes. device. Um, <laughs> speaking of streaming devices. Speaking of streaming devices. Netflix. That is a streaming thing on oh. streaming devices. That is a streaming service. Well, yes. <laughs> Amazon Stick. We just want to say Amazon Stick. Yes. So Netflix. What so Netflix. Uh, I have four news about Netflix. Four because pieces of news? Four pieces of news. Um, piece number one. Okay. They have tapped Matt Growing to create an original animated series. Matt Groening. Growing. Groening. Yes. <laughs> creator of The Simpsons. They have tapped him. Yes. Creator of The Simpsons. Sounds creator painful. of Futurama. Right. Will now create an original Netflix comedy show. Is it animated or is it I, live action? It is animated. Okay. What do you think? So, it all depends. <laughs> Let me speak. It all depends on the writing, uh, because that's the key. When both those shows were new, they were fresh, they were original, and they were really important. However, in both cases, they out have they outstayed their welcome. And I think that it's all based on the quality of the writing, right? So, I don't know, just because he's creating it does not mean that we're going to have the quality of writing that we saw in the early seasons of both of those shows. So, I can't make a call until I see it. Hey, I like Futurama. I like, I'm like. i a big fan of Futurama. I like the Fox run of Futurama. I think the Comedy Central run of Futurama is not good. What? Yes. You think it was too much, like, throwback stuff? Or I don't, referentials? No, I don't even think that. I think it was just the writing just was not as good. I don't know. I like both series. I, I like the difference. I especially like the ending, the way it ended. Uh, yeah. I liked how the, the, the Fox seasons ended. Yeah. I think there's a nice little bow tying there. But they had to re they had to redo so much of that, you know, for the Comedy Central stuff. That, I don't know, it just didn't feel the same to me. All right, moving on. Next uh, piece of news is the Netflix show that we both like, Unbreakable. So, is that getting a second season? Not only is it getting a second season, it is getting a third season. So let's be clear here. The title of the show is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. 
which we had mentioned before. It's yes. not called Unbreakable. Yes. <laughs> Unbreakable is that movie. Yes. Unbreakable <laughs> is the um, M. Night Shyamalan movie, yes. right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> this but is not that. No, this is the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So we're getting a second season of Unbreakable Kimmy yes, Schmidt. Yes, that will air on April the 15th. April 15th, tax day. Yep. Almost. Almost. <laughs> but in addition to that, we will officially get a third season. Awesome. So it's been renewed two more. Yep. Sweet. And other stuff uh, that Netflix has announced. Okay. It is creating a series of unfortunate events. Uh, based on the books, right? Yes, based on the books. Not it will be creating itself a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it will be creating a series based on the book series. Yes. A series of unfortunate events. Which had been adapted already uh, about ten years ago or so. Right. Right? Into a movie. Into a movie. Yes. And so this is basically it's trying again. Yes, it's a series, and Neil Patrick Harris right. will be the star of that movie. So, the star, what character is he going to be? Is he going to be the Jim Carrey role? I want to say... I'm assume he'd be Count Olaf. Yes, I want to say assume he'd be the Count Olaf. Okay. Let me see if uh, IMDb has it, has it up yet. Which I don't think it would. No, probably not this early. No, not this early. But anyways, he will be in it, yes. and he will be the focal point. Most likely, he will be Count Olaf. Because you don't have Neil Patrick Harris on anything now without him being the focal point. Right. So, okay, cool. And to wrap up Netflix, it has pledged that it will um, spend $6 billion in original content this year. That's a lot. But, I mean, it makes sense seeing as how well it's worked for them. Yes. Both critically and I think It has, I believe I, mean, I saw 75, 75 million yeah. subscribers. Yeah, I think I saw that number too, which is incredible. Like, that's crazy big. Like, the little engine that could is now <laughs> the juggernaut that won't be oh, stopped. yeah, yeah, I know. Alex asked, uh, since you can't probably hear her nope. on the mic, uh, she asked, how could you imagine if every one of those 75 million people had to pay for themselves? <laughs> Which I'm guessing that that's probably the case for this number. Uh, they're probably going off of paid subscribers. Yes. So can you imagine how much bigger that number is probably when you think of how many people are using other people's accounts? Yes, if we stopped sharing and all had <laughs> yeah. our individual accounts. Yeah, that would be crazy. Well, yeah. Let's just take a look at the math for two seconds. 75 million users paying $10 a month. Yes. You're looking yes. at 750 million in revenue per month. Yeah, per month. Right. So what's that yearly? 750, 750 times, 12 times 12 is math. <laughs> His math. Is math. It's, it's a big math. number. I can't math right now. It's a big number. So investing $6 billion is probably nothing for them. No. Because they've made so much money off of this thing. Yes, and they will continue to make so much money off of it. So awesome. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, the NBC show I will review. So you started watching Superstore. Uh, yes. Which is one of NBC's big comedy pushes right now. Yes. So what do you think of Superstore? It's not as bad as the previews made it look. Because I was really turned off. I was turned off too. Advertising for that. I saw the advertising, and I thought, just like when I saw uh, the ad for Animal Hospital during the Olympics. Oh, um, God, Animal Hospital. Yes, remember Animal Hospital? <laughs> Do you remember Animal I Hospital? I thought it was going to be like that. Uh, I thought it was just going to bomb out of the gate. Nobody is going to watch a, yeah. a single cam show of basically Walmart. <laughs> right. I thought it was doomed from the get-go. And, I mean, especially when you consider the Animal Hospital was one of those uh, post-Super Bowl shows. Yes. In the pantheon of failed post-Super Bowl shows. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, keep going. 
So uh, Superstore. Superstore. Not as bad as the trailers made it look. Good. Um, what works? What works? Uh, diversity cast. Okay. It A diverse cast. Yes, yes no <laughs> diversity within the casting. <laughs> sure. Um, there's no... It's, it's not like all white people, like in The Office. Uh, yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the vast ma- majority ma- of the cast at the office. The majority of the office main characters, including the boss, the assistant to the boss. Jim, <laughs> okay, we're not talking about the office. They were white. The You're four white. or five were white, okay? All right, keep going. Yes. That's um, Superstore. Superstore. A diverse cast. Good. Awesome. Um, yeah. Also deal, well, just like with, if you go into any Walmart, you can see diversity of employees. So accurate, accurately... Accurately portraying a superstore. Yes, they actually bring up the (laughs) point of racism like three episodes in to the show. What else works? What else works? Uh, America Ferrara. Ferrara? America Ferrara is a charming, charming young woman. She works in this. I like... Yes. I I didn't watch Ugly Betty. Right, but... Has she been in anything since then? The thing about that show is her. Right. So I'm not surprised that she does well here. Yes, for Ferrara, for, Ferrara, Ferrara, America, Ferrara, America, Ferrara. It's fun to say. Yes. I like when you're trying to say those chocolates, Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. Yes. yes. Ferrara. America, Ferrero Rocher. Ferrara Rochelles. <laughs> Rochelle. The, I call them Rochelles. <laughs> Rochelles. Yes, Ferrara Rochelles. I knew a Rochelle. Did you know a Rochelle? I do. I did. You made out with a Rochelle once. Oh. Well, the box of candy or like the actual <laughs> person. You made out with a Ferrero Rocher once. <laughs> Back on track. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, she she does well in this. Um, I'm cool. glad to see that she, well, she's in a leadership position within the company. Yes. According to the script, she's been there for 10 years, although wow. I don't know anyone who's been at a Walmart for 10 years. I'm sure that they exist. I'm sure they exist. Um, she is, plays more of the, they actually state this in the show that, um, they basically break down each character's personality, and she is the more responsible one of the group. Got it. Is she the straight... I, I hesitate to use the term straight man, because I feel like it means something differently now. But in the comedy sense, is she the straight man in this show? Yes. She is the straight man. She is the one who tries to get everyone mm-hmm. to do their jobs, or f- otherwise right. fixes all the messes that everyone else shows sure. up. Yes. Cool. Um... Alex says it's everything 10 items or less should have been, <laughs> which I don't remember a whole lot about 10 items or less, so I will take her word for it. <laughs> and, oh, that's where I've known this guy from. Um, All right. The, her co-star sure. is Ben Feldman. Okay. Does that ring a bell? No. Okay. Who is Ben Feldman? He, he is the star of Cloverfield. Oh. He is also the lawyer in Silicon Valley, which is where I know him from. There we go, okay. Uh-huh. One of my favorite shows, Silicon Valley. So real quick, before we move on, we sh- we didn't put this in movies, but the sequel to Cloverfield uh, oh. was confirmed this week. Yes. And will be called, what is it, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yes. Uh, but that's all we know so far, right? right? We don't know exactly the plot or whether it's the same monster or anything. Uh, uh, from what I heard is that this was originally two separate scripts. Okay. That they meshed together. So somehow they deci- they decided to, in the in late game here, to link it to Cloverfield. Yes. Okay, got it. Also, if you've been following Ben Feldman or NBC in general, 
He was in the short-lived uh, comedy A to Z. Oh no, really? Yes, <laughs> with Kristen Milody. Right, with the, with the girl who was in all the who was in all those commercials. Yes. Yeah. The no, no the gr- <laughs> with uh, How I Met Your Mother's Mother. Right. Yes. Yes. But also the girl who was in all those commercials. Yes. He was in A to Z. That show went nowhere. Yes. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, good for Ben Feldman yes. finding work. That show only had thirteen episodes, one season, and done. And I guess NBC decided to keep him around and cast him in this. So I have a question about Superstore uh, to keep us back on track here. Yes. Uh, how's it tonally? Like, if, tone-wise, what show is it? Clo- if it, is it close closest to? I feel like it's really close to Thirty Rock. Yeah. So Alex says it's close to Thirty Rock. What do you say? You want if you, if you want to reveal it, you can come over here. So she says it's. It's just it's it, it's just it's it's kind of hard because we have to repeat everything you say because they can't hear you. Okay. Yeah, it's fine for you. <laughs> she was saying that pace wise, she was saying like pace it moves at a quick clip, just like Thirty Rock does. Yes. What would you say? I agree with that. Okay. It moves very quick. It sets up. Um, it usually does in Simpson style or in Thirty Rock style of uh-huh. open bit, intro, and then story. Okay. And usually the story. Like the A plot, B plot, usually evolve around two or three of the characters, and usually making one or the others feel like a fool. So is so it sounds like it's it's an ensemble thing. It is a very ensemble okay, thing. Okay, good. Cause that all that's all, that's always good to see. Yes. Um, okay, cool. It's fairly. I like what they've done so far. I hope they're able to keep up the comedy pace. Okay. Because well, at, really, what what I like about the show is that. Every all my gripes about the show or anything I could say about it, they bring up in the, in the episodes. Oh, that's good to hear. Because okay. like in the in the pilot, they say that yeah, it's very self aware. Well, it's not really self aware in terms of like what's going to happen, but it's self aware as in stuff that happens around a store. Uh-huh. Because in the in the opening, they specifically say that today's just going to be like tomorrow, and I know that because it was just like yesterday. And so they kind of go like, well, it's in the, it's at a store. Isn't everything going to be basically monotonous day to day things? Same over thing. Over again. But the main character Ben Feldman here basically says, well, that's what I would like to break that chain. Okay. And so he kind of does. He's is he? I'd say he's more the main main guy than America Ferreras. Oh, so she's yeah, not the protagonist. Yes. So he's mostly the protagonist here? Yes, I'd say he is character. the protagonist. He is also the love interest to America Ferrera. Which makes sense. Even though Ameri- even though in the show America Ferrera is already married. Oh, okay. So you is think it's going to... Yes, so, at the end of the episode one, she puts her ring back on. So do you think it's going to be the classic sitcom will they or won't they thing between the two of them? Yes. Got it. Right. I feel like there's other ways they could go with it, with will they or won't they. Uh, they could also go with him being promoted to manager, uh-huh. um, some of the cast leaving, new cast members coming. And she also has a kid. Oh, yeah, and she also has a kid. All right. Well, I checked the clock, and we should probably move on. So yeah. overall, you, you like it? Overall, I'll continue watching it. Um, it's a good show for now. It's only got six episodes well, in. I'll probably catch up. Or then 11 and, uh, episodes in, yeah. I'll give it a try and uh, catch up to where you guys are and see, yeah. see give how Give it four episodes. Give four episodes, see how you do. Okay. I mean, they go. The episodes go by real quick. Is what I like. Okay, cool. Every act, everything keeps moving, keeps flowing. There's no like 
dead point in any episode. It's really cut, really trimmed. Sweet. Okay, moving on. What else do we got? Do we have anything moving else on. in TV? Um, I think that's all in TV. Right, moving on. Uh, Alex, come over here. Um, we're going to talk about some heavy-handed items. And would you like to say a few parting words to Alan Rickman? Mm, no. <laughs> I, I refuse to say goodbye to any of these people. Like, I, I haven't said RIP or anything or goodbye. I won't. Why, why is that? Because then I'll forget that they're dead. <laughs> so so by not acknowledging their death, you're basically saying they're still they're still alive. Yeah, yeah, just not doing everything anything. you watch yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Well, sad news everyone. Uh if you haven't heard by now, where have you been? But Alan Rickman, Professor Snape, Hans Gruber, dead, sixty nine, cancer. As you're holding Salazar <laughs> named First. after your snake, named after Salazar Slytherin yeah. of Harry Potter fame, yeah. lore, more infamously. Yeah. Yes. So I guess we're not going to talk about in depth about Alan Rickman. Um, I would like to talk about the fact that they keep romanticizing him being quote unquote being with Lily now. <laughs> because and they're it's both like, dead. It's like okay, yes. like James isn't there, and then the fact that that, you know, Snape was kind of a creeper anyway, and he basically ruined this kid's life just because he got, like, friend-zoned by the kid's mom. Let's, let's not talk about the fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> but God I'm damn it, Alan. Snape didn't die. <laughs> Snape already is dead. Let's move on. No, he's not. Snape killed Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> the people who anyway. truly love Anyways. never leave you or sure. something. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, a great actor was lost this past week. Um, it's a shame, real shame. Right. I'd say uh, probably you would agree with me, Mike, that uh, one, Die Hard is one of the best action movies, and two, Hans Gruber is one of the best action movie villains. And it's also so. the best Christmas movie ever. Yes, I will agree with you on that. Yes, so. Also, if you haven't seen it, check out Galaxy <laughs> Quest. Yes, he's he plays great. great. Oh, yeah. He was great in Galaxy Quest. That yeah. whole movie is great. That's on Netflix right now. If you have not seen Galaxy Quest, so yes. check that out. Uh, unfortunately, it does have Tim Allen in it, but the rest of the movie is great. The subject matter is great. <laughs> I, I like it as a movie. It's really funny. Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. What? Yes, he is also the robot in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. Yes. The was it sad robot? I don't remember. I just remember him being in prison. Yes. Because <laughs> he has the Donald Trotton voice. Of, <laughs> yes. So yes, uh, it's 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 a it's a depressing loss, uh, and will be yes. missed. And there won't be that many people that, that could play roles like he did. So. Oh, I want to bring up the fact that, um, uh, like a little bit after he died, after everybody paid you know tributes and stuff, they um, who was it? Emma Watson shared a, a quote that he said about feminism, and everybody like got mad at her and it's like how dare you exploit his death for your feminist agenda what? and stuff yeah it was really stupid That's and then dumb. if you if you scroll down her page like she's sharing just like quote after quote after yeah. quote on acting and this yeah. and that in life and then he says one thing about feminism and then everybody loses it wow yes. That's it. That's dumb. Yes. I would also like to point out that Alan Rickman 
uh, did not start acting until 27, and wow. he did not come to Hollywood until 42, of which, two days later, he was casted as Hans Gruber yeah. in Die Hard. Well, there you go. Uh, that, that gives us all hope. It's all hope. <laughs> never too, according to Alan Rickman, it's never too late to follow your dreams. Never too late. There we go. Something positive. Yes. All right. Uh, what else do we got? Someone else died. Uh, major <laughs> influence. I said something positive. No. Oh. Uh, well, Glenn Frey. Right, yes, of the Eagles. Of the Eagles. As Alex taps out. Yes. He, so. He died of rheumatoid arthritis, acute ulcerative colitis, and. I'm sorry? Colitis. Oh. Colitis. Acute okay. ulcerative colitis. Sure. Yes. No. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Coitus. Guys, come on. Uh, so, and pneumonia. So I know that you're a big Eagles fan. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what makes him. What made him important? He's a great songwriter. He, so, he wrote basically half the songs for Eagles. He mm-hmm. sang in all of their songs. What's your it's, favorite song that he wrote? Oh, Take It Easy by far. Take It Easy? Okay. Even over Hotel California. That, that's fair. I as much that. as I like Hotel California, I will always karaoke to Take It Easy. Right, Take It Easy is, is a seminal pop song. Yes. It, it just It's a well-constructed song. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, do you wanna... uh, I don't want to dwell on that more. Right. Yeah. So do you want to move on then? Yes. Other things got? that died. Mike and Molly. So what he means by this is shows got canceled this week. <laughs> uh, Mike and Molly was one of them. It had been on the bubble for a few seasons. I mean, they tried to relaunch it a couple years ago to, I guess, little success. It's actually kind of a, bit, a part of a bigger story, which is that CBS fallen off the last couple of years in terms of programming the last and year it was number one in everything until last year right and then yep. everything started i mean you have nbc now saying in promos that they're the number one network again which is crazy talk considering how long cbs was in that position right i mean ever since friends left oh what do you mean nbc nbc, NBC yes. yeah was obviously in kind of a dark place but i think for cbs probably what started this was they lost a couple of their important shows. They lost How I Met Your Mother, and they lost uh, Two and a Half Men right after, like, one one after another. They also lost David Letterman. Yeah, they lost Letterman. I mean, they got Stephen Colbert, which is probably doing great for them in late night, but that's not prime time where they need it. Yep. Uh, so they're, prob- they're in a kind of position where NBC was uh, well, fairly here's, recently. Here's what I find troubling with CBS. It's all in their programming. Yeah. I watched... Uh, CBS at work uh-huh. uh, because they run the news. Sure, yes. During that time, they ran, CBS ran three commercials. Yeah. Three different commercials for three different shows, mm-hmm. each about a crime drama yeah. running later that night. So it's They're it's, kind of in a one well, one, tra- one mind track set right now. There re- there's a reason for that, and it's demographics. Right. Uh, the demographic of someone who watches in, uh, CBS is very different from the demographic of somebody who watches NBC. You look at statistics and CBS's audience skews older. And that means that more procedurals, it means more dramas, less risks, and it means that their comedies are, again, less risky. Whereas you see NBC has a younger demo, less dramas, more comedies, and more comedies that are a little out there and a little crazier. Like Superstore, which like is Superstore. more diverse cast. I mean, for example, something like 30 Rock would have never worked on CBS, but worked on NBC because well, just the different 
the different demo. And I think that what CBS has to do probably to get viewers back is, I guess, either double down on that, which is what they did five years ago, or try something different. I think that's why they picked up Supergirl to run on their show. Yes, that's an interesting choice because, one, it kind of puts them in the DC stable to try to fight ABC on some of the uh, the fantasy programming. Marvel mainly. Right now, if you look at ABC and the CW, they have run the market right now on fantasy dramas. Right, CW has The Flash and Arrow. And And ABC has uh, Once Upon a Time Time and and, uh, Agents of Shield. Shield. So they're both trying to go that direction. Quantico's not... Fantasy. <laughs> it's pretty fan. It's a pretty good fantasy. Fair. <laughs> You're not wrong, but not in the not in the sense what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, so they're uh, either gonna have to try something different because obviously stuff like Mike and Molly worked for a little bit for them, but just isn't gonna isn't gonna work anymore. Okay, moving on. What else got canceled? Uh, other things that died. The player. So the player. And uh, I know Mark liked this show. What network was that Sad on? Day. That was NBC. Again, NBC, this also kind of goes into the same discussion here. That was a drama, and NBC yep. was trying some dramas out, and that one just didn't click. It was a one-hour drama starring Wesley Snipes, who's now unemployed right. again. Again, see him dodge a, dodge some more taxes. Yes. <laughs> it only ran for nine episodes. Yeah. As compared to Mike and Molly, which ran for six seasons. Six seasons, yeah. Yes. And also, the main reason Mike and Molly got canceled... Or uh, is canceled because uh, end of season six is the end of their contracts, and Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy, the star of the show, doing movies. Right, she because over the course of that show, it's actually really interesting to see what happened because when it started, the guy, yes, the, the Billy Cordell, was the focus of all the marketing, was the focus on the like of the show, of the show's writing and everything. Then as the show got older, Melissa McCarthy's career had taken off. And so I think it was like the season five premiere that they pulled the entire like writing crew and basically said, we're going to make this show about the, the, the Molly character and revamped it. And so I'm wondering if that just didn't work out. They just didn't feel like that as a network that they needed to renew that show. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah. Well, the player nine episodes got canceled because of low ratings. Right. Our friend was actually on it, or my friend actually, that from yeah. college, was on one of the episodes. Okay. Uh, he was the Romeo in the Romeo and Juliet uh, <laughs> storyline. Okay. Between two gang wars. Sure. And that is what happened. So the player got played. The player got played. All right, and then the last one's not really a cancellation, but something you're concerned about. Yes. Going back to television, just briefly, Archer. Finally got a season seven uh, release date. Okay. It will season seven will premiere on March thirty first, but as of right now, there are no future seasons set. So you're concerned that this means this is over. This will yes. be the last season. I feel like it will be the last season. Uh, it seems to have run its course. Um, they FX wanted to move Archer to its comedy channel FXX, but according to the original contract, which was before FXX was a channel. They had to. They're going to run all episodes on FX. Mm-hmm. I recently heard about this because there was another show that got picked, or that was supposed to get picked up, another animated show, that they ended up passing on. And apparently, the plan was to have a back-to-back situation where Archer and this show would be packaged together. But 
that was all predicated on the FXX deal happening. Right. And so when both of those things fell through, I wonder if that was enough of an impetus for FX to be questioning Archer's return. Possibly. It sounds like there was some politicking going on. Yes. Well, oh well. Well, another, uh, we're going to segue into music with other news of death. Yes. Uh, Celine Dion had a shitty week. Sounds like it. Her husband died of cancer, mm-hmm. and then two days, two days later, her brother died of cancer. Yeah, rough stuff. But she's still performing in Vegas. I was going to say, Celine Dion, uh, I believe, uh, yes, is still performing in Vegas, but also is on the cusp of, I think, a mental return album. Um, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's more realistic right now. I mean, but no, uh, I had recently heard she had recovered, a, well, recovered. She had uh, recorded. recorded a cover of something. I don't remember what. but So it sounded like she was back in the studio. Uh, so there's a chance that we might hear more from Celine Dion before the year is out. Was it Let It Go? It was not Let It Go. Oh. I feel like she would do a good Let It Go. You, you're not wrong. And if not, I hear Ariana Grande does a really good Celine Dion. <laughs> she does a really good everything. <laughs> I don't know about that. She's too petite for no. anything. No, you'd be surprised. Apparently, I did not see, the, uh, I did not see Ariana Grande video because no. I do not search Ariana Grande's videos. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. I think so. Was it a karaoke thing? It was uh, an impersonation. Okay. Okay. Well, so apparently, we're being informed that Ariana Grande uh, had a impersonation. Okay. <laughs> yes, Ariana Grande is being impersonated. Yes. Is that, is that right? Did I read that no. right? Impersonated. No, Ariana Grande does a really good <laughs> Celine Dion. Okay, anyways, let's move and on. And Britney Spears. And Britney Spears. Let's move on. on. We don't need to watch this right now. Keep, keep uh, it, it was to The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Got it. Oh, okay, the Fallon. It was one of the Jimmys. Yes. <laughs> it was a Jimmy It was sorts. Jimmy Colbert. Jimmy Colbert, yes. All right, anyways. Anyways, uh, people who have not died but are in music. Okay. John Williams. Yes. The only reason I bring up John Williams, as you would should know, from his most famous scores of Star Wars, Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other Superman, Superman, yep, uh, the nightly e. news, NBC's uh, <laughs> Olympic run, theme, Olympic among theme. others, yes. Um, with the Academy Award nominations coming out, he was uh, nominated for his work on Star Wars, and this marks his fiftieth y- nomination. It's like right. year, but that's yes. cool. John Williams, uh, I think, ties the record for the most nominations by anybody. Wow. So, okay, the real quick question before we go on. Yes, he's uh, the shoe and winner. I actually don't know oh. uh, because he's uh, up against uh, Morricone, Enrique, Enrico Morricone, who is known for his famous uh, spaghetti western uh, right. scores, who was brought back by Quentin Tarantino to do the score for. Hateful Eight. Uh, Hateful Eight. Uh, Ooh, which is uh, the favorite right now because it won the Golden Globe. Right. So I actually don't think John Williams is a shoe in here. I think those are the two. You think it's between those two? I think so. Okay. Also, uh, feel free to make a comment on the Facebook page if I pronounce his name wrong. I'm not Italian. <laughs> Anyways. I'm Italian. I don't know what to <laughs> pronounce his name. Moving on. Moving um, on. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't ask the question I was going to ask. Yes. Uh, of all uh, John Williams' uh, themes, what is your favorite? It can be Star Wars. It can be anything else. Um, Jaws, most probably. Jaws. Okay. I don't. I'm not completely sure. I mean, 
He's done a whole lot of work. The Harry Potter themes, obviously. Uh, okay. Uh, mine is. Uh, Jurassic, I was gonna say Jurassic mine is Park. Mine is Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park theme is probably because that's the thing is John Williams. Of course, if you have anything negative to say about the guy, it's that he reuses things. Yeah. Uh, whether they're his or not. Um, and one of the things that's crazy is that what is it? Star Wars is just ET or ET is just Star Wars in reverse. Yes. And Superman is just something else in reverse or something. I forget what it is, but yeah. But yeah, and so uh, I think Jurassic World or Jurassic World, Jurassic Park is Jurassic interesting Park. because I feel like it's one of his more creative works. Right. Anyways, we well, also did the Indiana Jones thing. Yes. Uh, which is probably more recognizable for everyone. That's also true. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else? Okay. What else? Um, Weezer. Yes. I like Weezer. Yeah, I like Weezer. I, I like some of Weezer stuff. Alex loves Weezer. Weezer. Uh, Weezer announced a new Weezer announced a new album uh, this week, uh, yes. which will go in their color coding theme uh, that they've done before with their blue, green, and red albums. Actually, no. Yes, it will. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. It's called the. It's not called this officially as none of the previous albums have been. Right. It's simply Weezer. Right. As those other albums were simply Weezer, okay. but colloquially it will be referred to as the White Album because the cover is white. Uh, well, mostly white. It's actually a picture of them on the beach, uh, but it's all very whited out. Right. So, is it called the White Album or is it called Weezer? So, officially, it is called Weezer. Okay. Fun fact: the Beatles' White Album is officially called the Beatles. It is a self-titled album, but we just, as a society, call it the White Album because calling it the Beatles. Is silly, because you're saying what's your favorite album? The Beatles. The Beatles by the Beatles. Yes. So instead, we just call it the White Album. So most bands, this would be notable uh, to have a uh, self-titled album because a lot of bands only do it once. Weezer has done it three times already. So the fact that this is the fourth time that they're doing it, kind of disappointing. But the fact that they're calling it the White Album makes it kind of interesting. Because they are very creative. Because in the music business, when somebody refers to an album as this band's white album they're usually one saying it's a double album however this one is not um second they're usually saying that this is where they get a little creatively weird because the white album for the beatles was definitely one of their more experimental kind of totally out there kind of i thought things. that was sergeant peppers so that's the thing is i mean we're not talking about the beatles here <laughs> but in a in a real small if i can summarize this re really quickly Go. Yes, Sgt. Pepper's is an experimental album. However, the White Album was a double album. There was a lot more room there for kind of one-off takes of things that they would never do again and never did prior. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Weezer coming out with a new album and going out on tour uh, with Panic at the Disco. Yes, Panic! Exclamation point at the Disco. Those tickets went on pre-sale yesterday. Have they already sold out? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, wait, all tickets are sold out already? All pre-sales are sold out. Anything down in the orchestra and how would you oh, okay. the loge section, oh, yes, the there loge. are still going to be one seats from what I saw, at least here. Media Boat right. Podcast, where we try to say words we cannot pronounce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We think we smarked. This is totally the theme of this. Anyhow, this, this, this strictly <laughs> applies to the uh -huh. Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, but right, yeah, so far show. from what yep. I saw, everything in the lower sections is sold out already. So check out their website. I'm sure they will they will have information or, on there. Or listen to your local radio station, because yes. I'm sure they will give away tickets. Give away tickets. 
Anyways. Because they're the ones who bought the tickets. So, yeah, I thought that that last thing that they did, uh, last year's album, uh, was all right. So if it sounds like that, I am on board. However, I am not a fan of the last couple singles so that are leading towards this album. So we will see. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, lastly in music news, David Bowie. Uh, yes. He, uh, we briefly talked about him last week. Yes. Um, uh, about his uh, passing. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, David Bowie, tribute album by Kanye West. Would you listen to it? If So this is a rumor, right? This isn't official? No, no, no. This is official. I read that this was a rumor. Okay. Uh, well, what did you read? I read that somebody heard somewhere. I don't believe there is a statement by Kanye. Yes, that's true, yes. Yes. Kanye has not said specifically... No, so I don't think that... that unless I hear the man say it, or, or read tweet it, it, or tweet it, then I don't know if yes. this is happening. So but someone yes. somewhere yes, I would suggested yes. Kanye West is going to do a David Bowie tribute album. I would listen to that. You would listen to that? I would listen to that. Okay. Apparently, multiple people, a couple thousand thousands people <laughs> would not there was already a petition <laughs> for this i mean it's no surprise that kanye is a divisive figure yes and a lot of people think yeah yes the music that he makes would be sacrilege compared to something david bowie would make i am not one of those people i'd actually be interested in hearing it if he were yeah. to actually make it it would probably sound more like 808s Probably. <laughs> anyway, I like 808. I like 808s. I'm not saying anything wrong would about 808s. Would I go out and buy the album? No. But you'd listen to it on Spotify? But would I listen to it <laughs> just to see, just to see? what is coming yeah. out of his mouth? <laughs> well, Dave Bowie lyrics, probably. Yes. It just, it'd, be, it'd be interesting. Yes. I, I, I mean, Kanye's already just so interesting, so I mean, you just good, have to imagine yeah. what it could be like. That's a good way of putting it, is that it would be interesting. Right, I mean... There's no, he's not, this isn't even confirmed of an album coming out. It's just that people are already backing the Up no over, yeah. out of this. So, uh, anyways, uh, real quick to add to the, add as an addendum to the Kanye West stuff. Yes. So Kanye West has continued his Good Fridays series, although he missed last Friday's release by a couple days. Uh, what was planned for Friday ended up being a Monday release, but he released a new, uh, another new single. Him rapping with uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, which is their first full collaboration on the song. Um, they had shared verses a couple times, but this is their first basically split single, uh, which was actually really, really good. It's called, uh, what is it called? No More Parties in L.A.? Yeah, I think that's what it is. No More Parties in L.A. Um, and it's actually, it's a real, real good song. You should probably listen to it. It opens with Kendrick's verse and then goes into Kanye's verse. At some point, Kanye has a line where he says straight up, you guys thought I couldn't rap like this anymore. <laughs> so it's it's that classic Kanye commentary on himself thing. Kendrick obviously kills it in his verse too. Uh, I mean, it's I mean a verse recorded I think at both of their primes, and I think it's a really really cool track. So I'd say check that out if you like either of them. So is this so far your the leading single of 2016? I mean, so far I think it's a great track. Although the weird thing about the Good Friday singles is that. It's not clear whether or not these are going to be album cuts, and the production of them are usually of a quality that most people would agree is not up to snuff when you're talking about his albums. So the question remains whether this is just a single or this will be an album. 
And if it is just a single, it's all right for a single. It's good for a single, but it's definitely not up on the quality tier of stuff that he's done on his own. But I thought all this was to lead up to Swish. It will lead up to the release of Swish. So Swish. he's done this once before. He did this, uh, a series of single releases before uh, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, whatever the order of those verbs or adjectives are, uh, back in 2010. There was a series, and the only uh, there were two releases... I believe, um, during that lead-up that were actually on the album, but the rest were not. Hmm. So, so it's over to the rest of those releases. They were just, like, released just on his website and just kind of exist in the ether now as singles, yes. Okay. Are, is, are any of those other ones good that he didn't? Uh, so this was before kind of I got on... I know. This was before I kind of got on the Kanye train, so I can't answer that question. I was not really following him uh, when he was releasing those singles, so I can't answer that. Kanye train. <laughs> Kanye train. Choo choo, Kanye train. Going off the rails does on the Kanye that, does train. That, does, that, does that mean that the caboose on the Kanye train is Kim's, is Kim's butt? Kim's yes. Butt. yes. <laughs> it is Kim's butt. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, music, or rather, Wait. games. Yeah, we just talked about music. Yes. What do we got for games? Games. Uh, rock band exported So some of their stuff. PlayStation 4 got the export for Rock Band 1. What that means for you is that if you have Rock Band 4 and you, you have a PlayStation 4, uh, you can go on right now. And if you had previously on yes. the PS3 bought the export code for Rock Band 1, which was free, I believe, at first, and then ended up being, I think, 5 bucks. Regardless, if you had previously downloaded that on your PlayStation 3 and you also have Rock Band 4, you can now go to your PlayStation 4 and download the songs from Rock Band 1. Got all that? Well, now if you're a place or if you're an Xbox One owner, don't get so excited because it's not available for you yet. Also, if you're somehow <laughs> listening to this in Europe, you still you also, you also do not get it. Do not have it yet. Uh, for either system. So yeah, we will of course cover when Xbox One gets it as well as any other Rock Band uh, news because we are following it just as closely as you are. <laughs> and we have we are desperately waiting for desperately that export. Waiting. All right, next. Next. Um, I don't think we have anything in the news related for video games. Not really. We talked about fall, uh, um, Uncharted 4 being delayed last week. Yes, we did. Yes, so that's so. delayed for a month. But anyways, review times. Um, I have a Nintendo 3DS. You do? I like the free games that they give out on Nintendo 3DS. I'm sure you do. One of those games is Pokemon Picross. So, I love Picross. And I love Pokemon. Would I like this game? Yes. I like this <laughs> game, and I have no idea what Picross is. Picross is awesome. So, what is Picross? So, Picross is a puzzle game uh, that uh, where you're using a grid, a numbered grid, um, that... It's kind of it's kind of like imagine like a Sudoku grid, yes. Except instead of numbers, you are filling it out with dots, and these dots, once filled out, will represent a picture. How you complete the puzzle is by logic, because there'll be numbers on the top and the left um, that will tell you what dots are filled and what dot what dots are not filled based on the numbers that are represented. So say you have a fifteen by fifteen grid, and the number on the top says that that col that column will have 14 dots in it. You have to decide like where those 14 dots go, but you know that it's a 15 dot grid. So you fill out 
everything logically in the middle there, leaving the two, the top and the bottom empty, because you don't know which one of those completes the four, the fourteen yet. You find that out by process of elimination through filling the rest of the rows and columns out. It's really hard to describe verbally. Uh, it's a very visual thing. So I'd say go Google it real quick or watch a YouTube video or something, real quick instructional thing. And you can kind of get the gist of what Pacross is. But it's real fun, real addictive little game. It's also really easy, especially if you it used can to play be. Sudoku. It certainly can be, but it definitely gets more difficult. Yes. I used to play Sudoku. Mm -hmm. I loved Sudoku. And then I kind of fell off the Stoku mm -hmm. train for a while. Stoke train? Sudoku train. The Sudoku train? Yes. Okay. Other numbers just got away from me. The Kanye train and the Sudoku yeah, I train. To, I used to go through the newspaper and do the Sudoku every day. Yeah? Yeah. I did Because it was too. fun. And then I kind of fell off Sudoku, but Picross, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. I knew it was a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. I I read the directions, uh, the manual, the, the training, the five training stages that it does. Yeah. Real easy to pick up. Yeah. And it's free. It is. And it's Pokemon. So it's it'll create pictures that you roughly know based on all the Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun. Uh, it's Wait. so fun that I actually at one point considered actually buying. So yes, that's, yes. The, that's the important thing here is that this is free to play. Yes. So it's free to purchase, right, and free to start some of the puzzles. Um, but from what I understand, what you told me is that there's an energy function. Yes. There's only so much you can play, and also there's only so many puzzles that are in the game originally. Right. Well, there's 30 stages. Okay. Each stage has about four Pokemon in it. Okay. So there's about 120 Pokemon in there. But in order to progress to the next stage, you need a certain amount of gems. Now you can either progress by buying the gems or waiting for a daily challenge to obtain gems. Got it. Okay. So, so while does it, it feel too obstructive, do you think, like in that free-to-play way? Like, do you feel, yes. do you feel, think that at some point you're just going to get really frustrated and stop playing it? Yes. I believe, yeah. I think that it will eventually become very obstructive. But as of right now, it don't, it's not a question. Can I leave my No. <laughs> it's <on> my lunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so right now it's not obstructive. But for and I think I think in a couple of weeks it will become obstructive and I will okay. just stop because yeah. the the gem count to move to the next level is too much will exceed my interest mm -hmm. in waiting daily to get gems. That's the vibe I got on the internet too. A lot of people are saying like this is really fun. Too bad it cuts you off. Yeah. So yeah, that's sad. But it's fun because Picross and right. Pokemon. But uh, you've also been playing. I've also been playing Pokemon Rumble, the other free game that came out like in November sometime last year. Last year. Yeah. You saw me playing this a little bit. I did. Yes, that looked weird. It is kind of weird. You control a Pokemon. Okay. And go through three stages of the Game Boy Advance games that they create, oh. or the Game Boy games of Pokemon games, and you use your po use yourself and defeat everyone else. And sometimes they'll drop points, sometimes they'll drop themselves, and you collect Pokemon to add to your crew. So is it kind of like a fighting game? What is it? It's fighting-ish. Okay. It's kind of It's hard. like Smash Brothers? No, it's not like Smash Brothers. <laughs> it's not like like one-on-one -on -one fighting or one-on-ten <laughs> fighting. It's more of I'm walking around and I use uh, a fire spin, so if okay. a fire comes out in front of me, 
or I use bubble, and so a stream of attacks come out in front of sure. me. Sure. So it's real time, not turn based. Right. It's real time. It's. I like this more than I do Picross, because there's more worlds to discover. Sure. Because you have a uh, green, blue, red. Uh huh. Omega. Uh, then there goes ruby. Uh, what's the other one? Sapphire. Sapphire. Ruby, sapphire, gold, silver. Okay. Pearl, diamond, emeralds, black, white. Different worlds where within those levels are those generation of Pokemon. Okay, cool. And it's real. It keeps me in more interested, even though there is a timed, a timed uh, play time, a, a timed recharge after you complete a world. To where, like, after you complete the world, you have to wait an hour until uh -huh. you can play that world again. Okay. So there is time. So it's like, so it's real easy to pick up, play, go to do something else, come back to it, pick up, play, come back to it the next day, couple hours, whatever. And everything feels much newer and much fresher, even though it's the exact same thing. Okay. Because every time you defeat a Pokemon in the world, the Pokemon you defeat is more likely stronger than the one you have. And so by collecting and getting stronger Pokemon, you can then do the master challenges mm -hmm. and progress in that the main story that way. Okay. That sounds all right. Yeah. Cool. Now, now uh, the third game you have third is game. Pokemon Rick and Morty Edition. Yes, Pokemon <laughs> Light. Pretty much. Yes. It's called Pocket Morty. Right, and we've talked about this the last couple uh, <laughs> podcasts, but this time you've actually played it. Yes, this time I've actually played it, and it is not as terrible as the internet makes it think. Oh, really? So, is the, the consensus on that thing pretty negative? Yes, because it's pretty negative. It's pretty much like 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10. Sure. Uh, because the animation is really stale. Okay. It's, they literally give you rock, paper, scissors. So are you saying that it sounds like, it, like it looks like a game that was probably made in the two weeks that it took to announce it and for it to come out? Um... <laughs> Probably a month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Probably they said, "Hey, we." They probably like came out in the like sometime around December and said, "Hey, how do you guys feel about creating a Rick and Morty game?" Like, they're like, "All oh, right, all right, <laughs> sure." Uh, so they gave us the designs. They gave them the designs. Uh -huh. They took the single character of Morty, made him, basically did whatever the hell they wanted with him. <laughs> One eye, two eye, spoon, four different Morty uh, Pokemon. Sure. Uh, that you can capture. And created this game real briefly. <laughs> uh, the humor is kind of there, yeah. but it's not about the humor. It's more about the battling. Uh, the battling system is literally rock, paper, scissors. They assign each character with a rock, a paper, or a scissors. Sure. And different attacks based on rock, paper, scissors. And the, but the animation is all the same. There's nothing really new about it. So it's like almost like a a way to make Pokemon Combat even simpler. Yes. Which instead of having it like a guessing like a game where you actually have to look at the like remember, oh, this is better than this. It's straight up, well, that's a rock, I'm gonna use paper. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. It it's very simple. Uh -huh. And it feel like it only uses the Rick and Morty skin. Uh -huh. I mean the intro is Rick and Morty like. Yeah. But after, after that, that it's, just... it's just mainly focusing on the battling. <laughs> but in a way, I feel like that almost fits the tone of the show. Yes. Which is a thing that's just slapped together, like, I don't know, 
this is a Rick and Morty game here. <laughs> like, yeah, they it, don't even care. No, no, it feels. I can see why they give it the fives and the sixes, <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, what do you expect, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a free game. The attitude from... of that show is just so like laissez-faire, just like I don't know. We don't know if you'll even find this funny, but this is what we like, kind of stuff. They had one of my favorite bits of reverse giraffe, <laughs> tiny <laughs> neck, long body, <laughs> voiced by Keith David. That sounds pretty great. It sounds hilarious. <laughs> But if you try and explain that to somebody, right, exactly. it's not going to make a whole lot of sense, which is what I feel like came here. So is, it's, the game is the show in game form. Yes. So that makes sense. I think in, that's the best you could ask In terms for. of game form, in terms of like actual gameplay and replayability, I like it. I, you will die a lot in the beginning. Sure. But once you figure out that you're supposed to capture like-minded Mortys and uh. fuse them to create stronger Mortys, the game becomes a lot easier to not only play, but also to beat. Okay. So I have one question to wrap up Answer. with this. If you had your ideal Rick and Morty game, like a game based on Rick and Morty, what would that game be? Um, very similar. You use the portal gun, you go to different worlds, and just like, I want to say Mass Effect, you would solve that world's problems. So an RPG. Yeah, it's an RPG. Okay, I was, I, I was looking for genre there. Uh, but sure. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Um, actually, I'll, did you see a Telltale I'll, style Life and Life is Strange style adventure game? No, uh, more <laughs> like uh, what South Park's Take of Truth did. Okay, so again, an RPG. Yeah, not only like with Panacross, <laughs> like two two D three D or two point five D, but that kind of a genre where there's a lot of in jokes in the game. Yeah, I can see that. And everything like. Like, one thing connects the next thing, connects the next thing, connects the next thing. Because I feel like that's what Rick and Morty is, is that... It's more story-based. It's more story-based. It's more okay. like, oh, this wacky adventure is actually bigger than what we originally sought out to be. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd play that. Yeah. I All feel right. Like it, yeah, it'll work more as a console game. Mm -hmm. Handheld, I mean, this is... And I'm sure they'll do it. I'm sure they'll do it. Because we're only two seasons in. There's going to be more coming. Yes, so. they, they have guaranteed season three, which uh -huh. unfortunately won't come out till next year. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, so uh, I went for Hulu to get season two. Seriously, so I can watch it. So you can watch I mean, I already saw it on mm -hmm. Cartoon Network. Right. Or Adult Swim's channel. Sure. Which I think you can still, it's available. Which you should do. Go do that. But if you're going to wait, I hope they put it on soon. I'm, I'm itching for it. <laughs> Alrighty, so, uh, alright, let's, well, let's wrap up. That was pretty much the last thing we yep. had to cover. Uh, so, yeah, last, last week. Year. That was last week, yes. The Rams were Mark last asked week. us about the LA Rams. We talked about them last week. Oh, I tried to get season tickets. And, oh. and how did that go? Terrible. I did, <laughs> I forgot that they were, uh, went on sale at 10 a.m. Oh, shoot. So you missed so it. I missed the de missed so I missed it. it. I looked it up at 11 a.m., mm -hmm. trying to get tickets. It kicked me out. It said, ah. sorry, there's no longer tickets. You can no longer hold the seating available. Sorry, you suck. Yeah. I would like to add one little point, uh, something I heard this morning, which I thought was kind of funny. Okay. So, uh, you would think that Los Angeles Rams would want the website LARams.com. You would think? Right? Right. Well, guess what? LARams.com is not available because <laughs> somebody named Laura, who has the initials... <laughs> <laughs> LMS owns the website LauraMS.com. <laughs> 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 
So it looks like the Rams are going to be trying to negotiate to purchase said web domain from Laura MS. Did you guys watch the league? Or. No. How Taco and the league owned, um, like, Cowboys.com or something? Yes, yes, I feel like someone of that. Yes, where for a brief time, Cowboys, the domain name Cowboys.com became available and Taco bought it. And so Jerry Jones. In the fiction of the show. Yes, and so Jerry Jones made him an offer of $1 million. That's funny. And a trip to see the the Dallas Cowboys in preseason. Yeah, so. exchange. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see. Laura MS is going to get herself. Yes, some if they would do tickets. LA Rams, or <laughs> I think they're going to buy it and then forward that uh, that address to Los Angeles Rams, much yeah. like the uh, much like the Kings. Redirect. Much like the Kings, if you put L- LA Kings, we'll direct you to NHL dot Los Angeles Kings dot sure. com. That makes sense. Okay, uh, let's wrap up. Yes, Miley Cyrus is dating Liam Hemsworth again. If we wanted to cover that, we would have. <laughs> yes. So that happened. All right. Miley si- or, uh, Jamie Foxx is a superhero. Jamie Foxx saved a dude. And Squidward is a DUI drunk addict. Uh, yeah. Great so <laughs> for more hot takes like that, tune in to the Media Boat podcast. Or follow us. Or follow us on Twitter. We're at Media Boat Cast. On Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast. Uh, our individual Twitter handles. I'm at Quackerdrill. Q U A C K E R D R I L L. I am not two. N A U G H T. The number two. Alex is at Omnom. I'm a zombie. Can you spell that for us? O M N O M I M M A Z O M B I E. So if you're able to get that, <laughs> Mark something. I don't know. Uh, I don't even use my Twitter. He doesn't use his Twitter. So if you want to yell at Mark. Go ahead and, and uh, yell at him. And tell him how loud he was on the mic today. At Z Cali M. His Twitter handle. All right, and so that does it for this week's edition of the Media Boat Cast. We will be back next week uh, to talk about all sorts of stuff. We already talked about the Facebook. Yep, we already plugged our Facebook. We plugged <laughs> our right. Twitter. Thank Let's you for Let's try that again. Us. We will talk about We'll meet, see you guys or whatever. I don't know. I'm done talking. Bye. <laughs>